You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Oakery, and I got a special guest, a returning guest to the show. He's one of my favorites. He comes on about once a month. We talk Lions football, and that's Logan Lamarandier. Now, before I bring him in here on the show, I challenged him before the show that we are going to do a different podcast. You know all the other podcasts going to be doing all this other stuff, garbage, talking about the Lions, talking about how terrible this, that, and the other is today. This is a fully positive, fully Kool-Aid filled show. We're going to talk about what's going good with this team, what you should believe in, what you should be excited about. I mean, we're going to serve it up. Drink it in, uh... Logan, I, I know it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for you, man, but I think it's going to be fun to talk about positive stuff going on with the Lions, despite the turmoil that you're hearing all around Metro Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. You know me. I, uh... Keep it pretty even keel. I just say what I see, but uh, yeah, I'll have to remember. It'll be in the back of my mind. Positive. Oh, yes. Think positively. Yes. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to steer you, man. I'm, I'm going to fill up your glass. Drink it in. <laughs> and, and we'll talk some lines. And real quick before we get into that, I, I, I got to give a little something. So I got my, my, my nephews. Teddy and Edison. I mean, these guys were talking mad noise about Michigan, Michigan State. You know, I'm a Wolverine. These guys are Sparties. I told them I'd shout them out on the show. They're big listeners of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. But at the end of the show, I got a little something for both those two, as well as we might get into that football game a little bit. But Logan, let's just get right in. It's a one-topic show. We're not going to overcomplicate it. We're not going to walk you through the Bengals game. Everybody knows what happened there. Let's be positive. So, I think we can both agree. When we're talking positive stuff with the Detroit Lions, let's start right with these draft picks that are coming up. I mean, these things are gold to me. They're still the things that everybody has to uh, hold very close and be very excited about. Two first-round picks along with the high pick the Lions will have. They should really be able to do some damage with these. How excited are you when these draft picks come around and Brad Holmes actually gets makes these selections? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped up because this is the first week the Lions are – uh, you know, the number one spot right now for first overall. And there you go. I, there's been plenty of people who have said that, you know, of course, there's no quarterback this year. There's no great, you know, franchise quarterback, at least at this point. I don't know your thoughts on 
the quarterbacks because a few guys have stepped up and a lot of the guys at the beginning of the year have kind of fallen off. But no matter the case, I, I think it's, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, it's watching him. I, I would be more than happy to select him number one. So I'm, I'm all good with that. But the, the draft picks right now, I know it's so early in the season to be talking about the draft, but I'm, I'm love the draft. So I'm on board right now, just getting the ball rolling, starting to do the draft research, watching a little, college football, maybe more than most years at this point, but um, it's the draft capital. You know, we knew this year was going to be a down year because of uh, Stafford being gone and other, a lot of other people being gone and the dead cap, but it's really setting us up for the future and the, the draft picks are going to be huge. It's, it's funny you bring up all that because I literally, the last few days, I started putting my ranking sheets together, spreadsheets. I got a couple boards that are going up in the DTO scouting office, starting to get a feel for these players. I'm actually in a, you know, I'm, I'm fantasy football crazy. You know, I talk about that when you're on the show. I'm in like a million leagues, which like you would think I'm in a million leagues, so I'd be losing quite a few, but I'm not. I'm like literally tearing it up this year in fantasy football, and I'm in a college fantasy football league, Logan. So I'm on top of all these college players. I'm I'm dipping in on that, getting to know them. Uh, but Thibodeau, like you said, like the last non-quarterback that went, I think was what? Probably like Miles Garrett. <laughs> uh, I know he was one of the top picks. He's an absolute monster. So you can definitely still go right without taking the QB. I know you've been a proponent of kind of waiting around on that quarterback, but I think people will be are just sort of losing focus that, gosh, those are, I don't care if they're in the twenties or the thirties, even like they're still going to get a really good football player. I think this last draft, they did really well. So when those picks come around and Brad Holmes does what he does, which is select good players at good value at good spots, I think you're really going to see this plan start coming together. So I couldn't be more excited about it. Like you said, with the quarterbacks, I know that people always emerge, so I'm not in that camp either of thinking, oh, poor us. You know, no, that's negative thinking. We don't have that on the show today. It's uh, somebody's going to come available if that's what you want to do, or if you want to take a defensive stud, you could do that as well. So I'm excited about all that. I know we'll talk all about that as we get rolling. I can't wait to hear the Logan Lamoran deer big board, but... I mean, don't you think Brad Holmes is going to do major damage with four first-round picks in a two-year span? You sure think so. I, I was very happy with how the draft unfolded last year and just going best player available. I really think they held true to that. And I think they're going to do it again next year. And that just sets you up for getting uh, some good players. And you, you're starting to see, I think last week specifically against the Bengals was you, you saw a lot of flashes and just good plays by the young guys. And, uh, you know, they're going to develop it. It's going to take them a little while to develop when they don't have a lot going around around them. Uh, maybe talent wise, but at the same time, uh, I, I was happy with Brad Holmes draft and I like how he emphasizes athletes. Yeah, that's another thing you always get on me for is talking about <laughs> athletes and their athletic profiles. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped up for the draft and, and it's just, it's so far away and it's so sad to say that it's what week six in the NFL right now. Or So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, but it's still just a very important team building aspect. And then I want to throw this in there. You guys can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. You got to go check out L. Lamarandier on Twitter. He's always putting out great stats, great takes. He's still writing articles for Sports Illustrated, all lines. You got to check all that out. But I put out something, Logan, that I think a lot of people are forgetting, too, that the Lions have spent a lot of good draft resources on that O-line and then last year on the D-line. So people that are getting all wound up about these receiver, lack of receivers, lack of skill players, whatever it may be, 
Like, I feel like our O-line is set. I'm not worried about the right guard position. I'm not overly concerned. I think Jonah Jackson is going to keep coming along into his own. So, like, I feel like we're set there. So now all those picks where other teams are building inside, taking guards, tackles, whatever it may be, the lines are set there. Now you look at the defensive line, Aleem McNeil, Levi. Um, you still got some other young guys up there that they've taken in the middle. Still need to get some more edge rushers and, and playmakers overall. But you're definitely building trenches. And once you build trenches, then what do you think you do with your high-end draft picks? You take the toys. You take wide receivers, quarterback, tight ends, you know, um, the guys that make plays on the offense side of the ball. So I think they're setting themselves up really well there. And people aren't realizing it because they haven't seen the old line together this year. And they haven't seen enough from the D-line yet, but I feel like they're filling holes. And once you do that, then you can just start taking uh, talented football players at those fringe spots that I call them. Right. And, yeah, the Lions have the base of their team built. And I think, again, you're just looking back at the best player available. There's so many receivers that are typically you can find in the mid-rounds. And, yes, the Lions are going to need receivers next year. But it's, it doesn't mean you have to draft them high necessarily. I imagine the Lions will spend some nice draft capital on at least one. But there's always good receivers that are being drafted in the middle rounds. And it's, it's like that with a few other positions, too. I think more so at the receiver position, though, is just it's always such a deep draft at receiver because the college level is producing a lot of them. So it's I, the Lions are in a good spot right now, as counterintuitive as that sounds. Um, but for a rebuild, the Lions really, uh, they have the draft ca- capital moving forward. They have uh, plenty of cap space that will be that they pretty much opened up this year because they were cutting all the dead weight in Bob Quinn's contracts. And yeah, it hurts this year. Uh, but th- you're going to start seeing moves being made in free agency and the draft. And I think it's there's really only one way to go, but up. But the Lions are in the spot they need to be, or at least in my mind, when before this rebuild started with Brad Holmes, they're right, right where they should be. It's just, it's tough to say that when you're in the midst of a rebuild, but to me, it's, it's the right way to go about it. Exactly. I think it sets up nice. You actually have to make the proper selections, but again, this is the positive show. This is the Kool-Aid cast. I mean, we were assuming that Brad Holmes is going to knock it out of the park with these picks. Drink it in, So, Logan, here's here's another thing that I think is a real positive with the Detroit Lions that people are missing. And that's the breath of fresh air with this team, Dan Campbell and company. There's a lot of honesty, realism, passion, you know, uh, relatable coaches. Like, I think that goes a long way, to be honest. Now, is it giving instant results? No. But every time I hear Aaron Glenn talk, he fires me up. He feels like a guy that you'd love to play for. Same with Dan Campbell. Um, You know, I I think the offense still leaves some things to be desired in regards to how aggressive or tempo they're talking about a lot now. But every time Dan Campbell's at a podium, like, I just feel like that honesty, not having to act like everything's top secret – is a good thing for the team overall. Now, once you get your team rolling, you get your players, I think there is something strategic to being a little bit more tight-lipped about game plans, maybe even, I don't know, not always saying exactly everyone's injury status. Now, you don't have to check the report every time. You don't have to be super secretive about you know everything that goes on with the organization, but I would tighten some of that up as you go along. But at least right now, just being honest, open, being fair to the players, being player-friendly as well, 
well as being passionate and aggressive, I think those are all really good things that will not only help now just in player morale, but will help down the road once they do have the cap space you talked about, once they do start building a better team, once the W's do start coming. Like I think that's all going to pay off uh, in, in fold, uh, in spades later. Yeah, and Dan Campbell, it's he's a very likable individual, and his transparency is just great. His his fire and passion for the game is also, like you said, a, a breath of fresh air just due to the fact that compared to the old regime, it's like it's a night and day difference. And Campbell, it's just, uh, you know, him crying. I, I It's just interesting to me because you don't see that often, but it just shows you how much he cares. And that's that's how much he wants it for the players. And when you have someone with that much heart, it's tough to, to bet against that guy. And I, I still have questions about, you know, the X's and O's aspect of his game, but he's brought in a coaching staff who I think can definitely help him with that. And he just needs to be the leader that you can tell he is. So it's the coaching staff, I, I think has been a bright spot. It's really tough to evaluate them right now, considering the talent level of the team. Like, how are you going to say anything about this coaching staff? I maybe time management and stuff like that, or how aggressive or unaggressive a coach will be. You can kind of nitpick that stuff. But again, when you, when the talent's not there, it's how do you evaluate coaches? And to me, it's um, at this point, I've, I've liked what I've seen. So uh, it's, I was, I was a critic of Dan Campbell, but I, I will say he's grown on me. Exactly. And I don't want to leave out Deuce Staley or Aubrey Pleasant, two of the greatest press conferences I look forward to every week, pulling those guys up. They're real. They're honest. Like I said, the players I could tell love them. And I think that's going to go a long way. And they recently said, too, about Dan Campbell, like they weren't looking for a head coach that was a grease board guy or X's and O's or a strategic guy or some wizard on the offensive side of the ball. They were looking for a leader of men, a guy that can be that front man, which he's been great at, which is step into the podium, doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't weasel around questions. He answers them openly and honestly. You can tell there's accountability as well as a guy that just not only loves the game of football, but wants his organization to do so well, cares about his guys, wants it for them. Like those are the things that I think are absolutely priceless and that people are missing because of the record. And also just, you know, the national media, they just get caught up in all this, like acting like these are gimmicks or that, oh, you can't cry. You can't, you know, be humorous. You can't say this. You can't say that. Like the only reason they're saying those things is because, you know, where the organization is right now or because Dan Campbell doesn't have some laundry list track record of being uh, W's. But, you know, the way I view it is just so much more um, genuine. Why can't you do that? What, we can't have a funny coach that's personable, that the players love and that ultimately wins? Of course we can. It's just not happening right now. So that's why he gets beat up uh, sometimes due to these quote unquote antics when I view it much more as a as a big time positive for the Lions. So let, let me tee this one up for you. Swift and swag. Now, a lot of people are saying, man, our run game is the strength of the team. Like it's so much better. It's the best thing that or best run game they've had, um, you know, since Barry and company like I like a lot of the things they've done. They've obviously had to get away from the run game uh, from time to time, but I still view those two players, even though they're running backs, which I think we both feel aren't like your premier, one of your premier spots on your football team. I think both those players, I like that combo for multiple years to come. Yeah, and Swift, to me, I I think he's more of a pass specialist a little bit. I I think he's a good running back, but when you're asking him to run – 
up the gut, that's not going to be a strength, but what he does well, he does very well. And I think you just need to utilize him that way. And uh, Jamal Williams is a very capable back in just about all aspects of the game, but I think he's better utilized when he's pounding up the gut and just, you know, trying to get the tough yard. So I think together they're a very formidable duo and they, um, a yin to yang type of deal, thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't think it's a traditional like thunder and lightning where it's a little scat back and some big monster of a back, but in a way they still are um, that dynamic, but uh, you know, with, with swag daddy or whatever his nickname is, <laughs> um, you know, you got him this year and next under contract. And I think that's a decent amount of time to have a running back. I I'm not a big fan of giving these long contracts to running backs because you never know with their shelf life when they're going to start to fall off a little bit. And, you can typically find replacements um, like receiver later in the draft. And if you have a good offensive line, they can really uh, you can have any running back sometimes back there. I feel like, but uh, I, I like the one, two punch. I do wish that the offensive line could have stayed a little bit more healthy and that they would be in more like running situations. Um, you know, the lions haven't had a single snap yet on offense yet with this year where they have the lead, which is kind of hard to believe, but, if you're going to be running the ball, that's typically when you're running it the most. So in order for the Lions to truly have, at least on the stat sheet, like a great running game, they need to be in the lead a little bit. And that just hasn't happened. So I don't think you're seeing the full potential of this running game. Yeah, exactly. I I guess like it's one of those spots, too, that for the next two years, I'm just totally it's off my draft board. It's off my radar for free agents. It's 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 good. You know what I mean? I haven't even seen anything from Jefferson yet, but I feel like we can get by with those running backs on a weekly basis. I was surprised. I guess John Drew Swift said he was a little surprised all the passes he's getting. And like you said, that does seem to be where he is best. He can use his juice, his shiftiness. His, and But he seemed a little surprised by that. And that surprised me because I, I do love how they're utilizing him for the most part and I disagree with you a little bit like I feel like when he gets a crease in the middle or, or a little run to the outside he really can do some damage at times more than you would even think for a guy with his type of skill set so I like a lot of the things they have there I do think again it's another position that you can just address other areas with those guys anywhere from two to four years I feel like they, they can make a nice combo meal and then you can decide what to do at running back at that point and uh, just like what they bring a lot so hopefully they can keep bringing it along now you're not seeing big 100 yard games you're not seeing these ultimate dynamic numbers but there has been a lot of pop a lot of forward movement which I think is another big positive to look for the Lions so Logan let's do this man I said we're gonna keep this uh, show a little bit shorter so let's take a quick pause for our sponsors and we come back i mean i got some more positives we'll go a little bit rapid fire on some of those get through those and i got a little something for my nephews teddy edison michigan michigan state we'll get into all that right after the break all right everybody This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? 
It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Thank you so much for the store sponsors. I hope you're enjoying fantasy football, realitysportsonline.com. We got Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated, all lines here on the show, talking positive things going on with the lines. Logan, I feel good after that first segment, man. I'm kind of fired up about this team. I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought that was a good uh, first segment. We're going to talk some more positives here on the back half. You ready to do this? Yeah, got to keep. Hey, this point of the season, you definitely have to look at the positives to keep you entertained. There is no question. So, Logan, did I mention the draft picks? <laughs> because <laughs> we got a lot of draft capital in our back pocket. We gained a lot by giving up a quarterback. I mean, I feel like, again, that's going to be huge for this football team. But you also mentioned cap space. We've, we've struggled for that for the last little bit. Every time we have cap space, we seem to squander it the last couple years. Do you have the general numbers uh, in in front of you or in that head of yours where you can kind of give us some broad strokes on, you know, moving on from some of these players, also what kind of cap space they'll free up and maybe how you'd go about it if you're Brad Holmes using that type of money to really, we all know in the NFL you can go from worst to first quick, you can go from four wins to 12 wins, it's happened, it could happen. How would you go about using the cap space along with the priceless draft capital? Yeah, so at, at this point, the Lions for next year are kind of projected in the middle of the road for their cap space. I think it's right around $41 million. Um, and like I said, that's that's almost, I think, that almost the average of where they're at. So it's not like they have a ton of cap space next year. But uh, their big cap hits are Jared Goff and Trey Flowers. And I, I've said now a couple times on social media, I'm not opposed to seeing what you can get for Trey Flowers. I don't know if he's... A, a great scheme fit for exactly what uh, the Lions are trying to do with their defense. But I, I think there's there's ways for the Lions to open up more cap space even. But at this point, even next year, I think the Lions can be buyers uh, for the right players because they, they shouldn't be going after older veterans who only have maybe two or three years left. I think they should be going after the guys who are coming off their rookie contracts that showed some promise. and probably need to, you know, maybe are still developing a little bit and you might not have to pay a ton for them, but at least you're getting a player who's going to be around for a while. So that would be my general overall strategy on approaching free agency was just, again, go after younger players who can be there for a while. And especially maybe a team that can't keep one of their younger players just due to salary cap restraints, you know, spend some money at some positions, especially positions of need, because I feel like that's where you really fill your positions of need is through free agency. 
because the draft we talked about a best player available. Sometimes your needs aren't going to always match up with best player available in the draft. And it's really difficult to pass on, on talent or players that can really make a difference in the draft just because they don't play the position you want them to. So that's, that's my general overall thoughts at this point. Exactly. I think you're going to have to be strategic about it. A quick answer from you. Would you spend a draft resource or a little bit of free agent money this year if the right trade or the right opportunity came available or are you just riding it out? Uh, this year, like, are you talking about this off season? Uh, trade deadline and then maybe just if something oh, pops deadline. up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would. It, it's probably going to, it'd be a weird situation because really that means some team is trading a younger player that they have under contract. Like that's the only thing I really want the Lions to do is go after younger players. And really you don't see a ton of younger players being traded uh, before the trade deadline. It's it's a lot of players who are, you know, usually veterans are on a bigger contract that, uh, you know, teams that are contending try to trade for, and they just need like one final piece. And it's, that player probably isn't going to be on the, the their team anyways at, at the end of the year, just due to the contract. So it, I, I don't think there's many players um, that will probably be on the block that I think the Lions should go after, but you never really know. As, as long as they're a younger player and the Lions have, you know, cap room to maybe give them an extension, then I, I'm all for it. But again, it, you have to be flexible. You can't be rigid in what you want to do, but I, I, do find it a little hard to believe that there's going to be a player that I would really like that would actually be on the block for the Lions. Yeah, interesting. I don't think it's you got to really like them or they got to be some game changer, but there's been rumor and innuendo about maybe a Andy Isabella for a, a low draft resource. I mean, I think that might be worth the roll of the dice based on his elite type speed as as well as maybe some things he can do to bolster your receiver core. Now, I, I kind of liked him as a player. He does have some issues with his game that I don't know where he's at. He obviously hasn't been active very much down there, but that's something to consider. So I, I wouldn't turn a blind eye to it. You hear a lot of people on Twitter say, don't bring in anything, sell everybody. Like, I don't think that's the approach I would take. But uh, And like what you said, I, I like young guys as well and looking to bolster youth, but the Lions really need to find some of those gems that have done it and maybe they just got cast aside for whatever reason. They come here and you put them in the right opportunity and they just blow up. You know, they just have a resurgence of their career or they you know, weren't used and then we use them great here and then they ball out. Like, we really need to find a couple of those, I think, along the way as well. But it'll be interesting how they use their cap space and whatnot. Now, I want to transition to the Okwara brothers as a really nice positive for the Lions. I feel... These guys have, um, you know, obviously Romeo has the injury, but he was playing really good before that. He's been paid, obviously. He's uh, a guy that just seems to be great on and off the field. He's really plugged in. Um, his brother, Julian, I feel like is really starting to come on now. He's starting to play kind of like his brother's type role. You're seeing some pass rush. You're seeing a lot of hustle from him. Even when he's not making plays, I see him 15 yards down the field running and hustling, which I like to see. So I think the Aquara brothers, both talent-based, their mindset, the fact that they're brothers, the fact that they're going to keep each other accountable. I think that's a nice little positive that I see blossoming for the team. Yeah, of course. And uh, Julian's, I think, really turning into the type of player we thought he'd be. I mean, it, it hasn't, he was a third round pick, remember? A, a lot of people, I think, had really high expectations for him that he was going to be a, like an elite pass rusher. But I, you're starting to see at least glimpses of what he did in college. And he was never a great like a run defender in college and had 
tackling issues and setting the edge was never a strength of his. And you've seen that a little bit this year, but for the most part, you've seen him flash rushing the passer too. And you just look at, um, you know, like his uh, sack. Yeah. It was pretty much a, a free sack against the Bengals last week, but he still had some other pressures and just plays where you're like, Oh, that was a nice play. And you, you see that out of him, And that's, that's great. I, th- I think the Aquara brothers are actually like top. They're both in the top three right now in the Lions defense for uh, in terms of PFF grade. So, they, yeah, they're both playing good. And I, I hope that Romeo can come back from this Achilles quickly. And, you know, there's so many different types of yeah, Achilles tears, you know, and it depends where the tears at and if it's fully ruptured or if it's just, you know, fixing a couple things up. Uh, you hope that it's nothing that's going to threaten his career, but you, you've seen that happen. So that's that's concern. But um he's still young and a lot of times the younger you are the the quicker you recover as well so those two guys yeah it's they've been nice it's it's a bummer to see Romeo gone for the year but you you know he just gave him a big contract so you hope he can uh make an impact next year too and the year after that when he's under contract and Julian can keep continuing to grow because that'd be I mentioned Thibodeau earlier earlier I I think the Lions will draft another edge rusher but uh you can never have enough pass rushers and i think julian um he might not be a starter but he's a perfect number three type of guy exactly yep no doubt about it hey i got i got one more kind of big broad one you got any logan lamer and deer positives that you want to throw out there we hit on a lot of the stuff you would uh, bring up where are we at with your uh, your positives that you want to hit on uh i think yeah, the secondary, okay, got to remain positive. The secondary hasn't met expectations <laughs> this year. Positive, but, come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of how to word it. Uh, Jerry <laughs> Jacobs, you know, I he did get burned a couple times by Jamar Chase, but at the same time, I think he actually had a good game uh, for the most part. And when he was getting beat, it was when he just had no coverage. And for an undrafted rookie for agent, I think he's held up nicely. And A.J. Parker in the slot as well. I think both those guys, again, they might not ever be starters, but they sure seem like they could be decent depth pieces and they're going to be around for a while. They're rookies and you, they're undrafted before the season even started. I know I wasn't the only one, but I had completely written off um, both those guys. And I think there was even at some point on this show right here, where I said, we were talking <laughs> about the cornerbacks going position by position. And you said A.J. Parker and Jerry Jacobs. And I just said, we don't need to talk about them. And here they are, starting games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. undrafted. I'm glad you brought it up because that was on my radar a little bit too. Like, I'm not saying these are going to be, you know, some people give these crazy credits where somebody will come out and play a couple decent games. Like, I don't know, Jerry Jacobs. And people are like, man, this could, we, this guy might be a guy for us, meaning like a number two or a slot corner. And I'm like... These guys are undrafted guys, so they're showing anything now. That means you can keep them as depth players, keep them at the bottom of your roster. They make no, no money. They're hard workers. They've got good mentality. They're the type of guys you want that are going to work their tails off all day long. So, yeah, I think that's a big positive as well, just getting to see them this year as well as if they're showing flashes. That can only help the bottom uh, mid part of the roster for sure. So, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's – um. There, I mean, really, last week against the Bengals, I, I found, you know, Derek Barnes, especially, too, it was good to see him start to flash and kind yep. of see a little bit of what we saw in the preseason. Um, Penny Sewell, he, he's had his ups and downs, and 
Um, I know we discussed that, I think, on the last time I was on the show, actually. It was just about to keep him at left tackle or right tackle, and he's, he's since cooled down since the, the two-week start, but I still think he's playing decent, and he's put in a lot of very difficult situations, being that the Lions are in those obvious passing downs all the time where you're just getting hung off to dry a little bit. But uh, Aline McNeil, I think in the limited snaps that he plays because he's a nose tackle, that just comes with the position. I think he's had plenty of run stops and he can kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit because he is playing right in the middle of the defense. So you don't always notice what the nose tackle is doing, but I think he's played well. And even Levi Onzerike, um, you know, I, I think I had a little bit higher hopes for him considering where he was selected, but uh, you still see him making some plays here and there too. So it's, it's, it's been good. It's, that's what I really pay attention to closely now with all these games is just how these younger players are performing. And I enjoyed the Bengals game watching, you know, the younger guys play. Yeah. We, we hit on the rookies earlier and I definitely think that, you know, I kind of left Derek Barnes and whatnot off the list. Cause I, I do think he's very important. He does flash a lot of games. Um, and the fact these guys are getting the snaps they're getting now can only help down the road. So I'm I'm with all that. Obviously, we love the young guys. We got all those hopes in the world for them. I'm also starting to become, you know, a guy, too, that's willing to be patient with some of these guys and know that Levi's not going to blow up the world his rookie season when he's playing behind Brockers. And, you know, he, he's got uh, Nick Williams and company. They're getting snaps over him. But the dude's learning a lot. He's got a great mentality every time you hear him talk. He's a big old physical beast. Like, you, if that guy comes on years two, three, four, like, you're still going to be really happy with that draft pick. And that's what I see from him. So, you know, I'm glad you brought them up again as well. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about on my positive list, and again, just throwing these out there as well as having a good, fun, positive show about where this team is headed. I'm just going to go back to the trenches on both sides of the ball. I already talked about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, I've been quoted on this show sort of saying like, hey, it's a new league in 2021 NFL. You've got to have speed and weapons. And I still believe all that. But I also think the Lions are laying that really nice foundation in the trenches, which it's hard to find 300, 330 pound guys that can block or can blow people up on the defensive line. So I think the Lions wanted to find some of those guys first as their anchors. And then Brad Holmes joked around like he can go find receivers. He can go get weapons. Um, It's more prudent to do that later than first. So I want people to buy into the big picture of the plan and say, hey, yes, we need speed. Yes, we need receivers. Yes, we need playmakers. Yes, we need a quarterback. Yes, we need more guys on defense that can take the ball away. But we also have some nice pieces on the offensive and the defensive line. We have a lot of picks, and we have some other positions covered with young guys. So now we can go attack those playmakers and those guys that sell tickets. So I I like the plan. I really do, and I like the guy making the draft picks. I think he lives and sleeps the NFL draft. I'm still waiting to see what he does in free agency and other ways. But I think the plan is right. The foundation is being set, and then you got to get them right and we got to go the next couple of years. Yeah, I know you definitely do. And uh, I'm, I'm good with the trenches being built this year because it really opens up a lot of possibilities down the line. So you have, I mean, I don't think the defensive line is complete by any means, but it's, it's close. There's not as many holes as these, as some of the other positions and same with the offensive line. It, when that offensive line is healthy to pretty much every team, has always at least one spot along the offensive line where they have to kind of, 
you know, settle at one spot and that might be the right guard spot. And I think uh, big B is a, there's a big chance that he can get cut after this year to open up some cap space and probably find a guy who is much cheaper than him and do play similar at, or just at a level close to what he's doing for a fraction of the cost. And that's another way to open up some money, but there's always going to be one part on the offensive line that probably will be the weak link, but the other four players when healthy, I think are, are solid. And you, you really don't, it's nice not to worry about the offensive line. They can definitely use depth. You can look at offensive linemen in the mid rounds of the draft or one falls, take them. But um, it's, it's the way to build teams in my mind. There's a lot of different ways to go about it, but I, I think the lions are taking the right approach right now. Exactly. So th- there you go, everybody. L- let me get the sounder ready. I mean, that's about 20 plus minutes of straight up positive lines talk. No negatives, no boohoo, no, uh, no frustration. I mean, drink it in everybody. Drink it in. Uh... All right, Logan. So I, I want to spend like a couple minutes here to end the show. My my nephew Teddy, he's about in the sixth grade. His younger brother Edison. These two guys corner me. I was trying to you know bring my mom a birthday cake. Is her birthday? They were over there. They they basically corner me at the end when I'm trying to leave and start talking mad noise about October 30th, Michigan, Michigan State. I got two Sparties here just running down the Wolverines, and I'm like. Do you guys realize we're, the Michigan Wolverines are playing their best football in years? Do you realize we're undefeated? Do you realize we're playing big boy football, running people over? Like, I even gave them credit. I was like, I, I think Sparty's doing some nice things. I mean, their coach is, is a is a bad dude. He's, he's, he's coaching his butt off. They got a, a good winning football team, a good run. I was trying to give them credit. But I'm like, when that game comes around, we're coming to beat that tail. The Wolverines are. So, Logan, I want your take on the game the gall of my nephews to bring this to me when my team's playing incredible that they're just going to uh, get this W that Michigan's no good, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you got to say about all that? <laughs> well, first off, I will say I don't watch nearly a, as much college football as I do NFL. And even though I, I would say I'm probably more of a Michigan fan, I know it's taboo. I, I root for Michigan state too. I didn't go to either school. I went to Western Michigan. So it's, it's <laughs> tough rooting for them. Although they're, they're doing well this year, which has been nice, but it, it's not like I get to watch them on TV all the time. But I, I've been very surprised with just what Michigan State's been able to do. And Kenneth Walker's been a lot of fun to watch when I have had a chance to see him. And then Michigan, um, just with their running game, how good that's been. Corum has been <laughs> really fun to watch, too, both him and Walker on both teams. But, uh, you know, if I, I can't put a prediction out there because I don't even know enough. I, I always root here's here's my philosophy when it comes to those games i always root for the better team to win because i want michigan as a whole to be represented well so i know this doesn't feed into uh, any type of hot take on who's gonna win or who (laughs) what my thoughts are because i really don't have all that much but i just want a good game and i i hope michigan wins i guess Logan's way too diplomatic. First, you should have said go blue because I thought you were a big time Michigan guy based on our previous talks. You, you hemmed and hawed, and then you should have gave it to my little nephews. How dare they talk smack to me? How dare they run down the the most winningest program in all college football? How dare they come after their uh, their uncle there in the in such a disrespectful view? I mean, Sparty's got something coming to him in a couple weeks. I'm here to tell you. So that's for you, Teddy, you Edison, and you better hit that subscribe button. Listen to the show every week. 
week now that I put you on the show. You're going to be legends. I might make fun of you on other shows. But Michigan's coming for Sparty, and we're going to get that win in a couple weeks. No matter what you, your brother, or Logan Lamer and Deer has to say about it. Go blue. There you go. <laughs> so, Logan, t- tell the people what you got going article-wise, where they can find you on the different uh, platforms, maybe doing some uh, radio spots. What are you up to? Oh, as usual, I'm just all over the place. But yeah, on Twitter, at Al Lamarandier, uh, all the work and my work and others work over at SIL Alliance, uh, content just being blasted out there nonstop and always hitting on every single topic imaginable. So it's always football talk going on over there. Um, you can follow Detroit Lions Lowdown on Facebook that will have all the articles. And again, this I don't know if you're more inclined with Facebook. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And then Instagram as well at Logan uh, Lamarandier. So it's I'm all over the place. Sometimes I spend more, a little more time on one platform than the other, but it's mostly Twitter. So hit me up there. Well, appreciate it, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. We both had some crazy hectic weeks here. We're recording a bit early, but we got you on and we're going to be able to have you on the Friday show as well, where me and you are just going to be two guys talking about the Lions. Matt Stafford, the LA Rams, and this game coming up. So it might be a little bit of a controversial show. We'll work it through. We'll talk everybody off the ledge on Friday about number nine and the Lions and everything that's going down. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. We served up that Kool-Aid for you today and an all-positive show here on a Wednesday. We'll catch you Friday for a Stafford show, and I know a lot of you out there want to listen to that. A lot of you don't. you got to check it out. Right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in. <laughs>